dismiss the young people to junior church now. The rest of us will take our Bibles, turn to the book of Psalm, chapter 35. Psalm 35, middle of your Bible. It's always good to take the Word of God and, and uh, you say, well, Pastor, I just don't know where all those books are in the Bible. You know, it's too hard to learn all the books of the Bible. I'm too old. You know, there's in the very front of your Bible, they have the, what they call the table of contents. They have the books of the Old Testament. There's 39 books. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. First five were written by Moses. You have Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. Those are the books of history. And then you have uh, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. And then those are the books of poetry. And then you have the, the uh, major and minor prophets. First five are the major prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. Then you have the 12 minor prophets. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. See, you, you got them all down, right? Amen? That's the Old Testament. New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, yeah, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1 and 2 Peter, 1 and 2 3 John, Jude, and Revelation. Amen. So the books of the Bible are important. It's kind of like the address. When we say the chapter and we say the verse, it's kind of like the address of where we're going, where we're looking. You say, Pastor, I just don't, I just don't know where, where the books are. It's amazing. If you will start looking for the books, you will start finding, you'll find them faster and faster and faster. But when we get lazy and we don't want to do that, I can guarantee you, you'll never get it down. You never will. Uh, I don't know about you, we ought to set a goal for ourselves to be closer to the Lord, love Him more, serve Him more than we did yesterday. Uh, the Bible says, forgetting those things that are behind, we press on toward the mark of the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Peter said this, that we're to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're to be growing as a Christian, not just sit there and, oh, yeah, it's good. We get complacent, we get lazy. Anybody get lazy? You know, Pastor, uh, some people, they just got to be doing something all the time. And, and, and when they sit down for a, a, a little while, they start feeling guilty. Anybody feel like that? Okay. Well, that, that's how some people are. And, uh, you know, we, we need to be uh, busy about the things of the Lord. Uh, there, there's coming a time, Jesus said, we're to work uh, for the night is coming when man's work is over. When the night comes and the, the time is done, uh, when the Lord takes us home, that's the end of our work. And I pray that we'd work and we'd labor for him until the Lord Jesus Christ takes us home. Psalm chapter 35 and verse number 9. Psalm 35 and verse number 9. Our theme for this, this year is the idea of rejoicing in the Lord. Psalm 35 and verse number 9, it says this, And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation let's pray father today i thank you for your salvation i thank you lord for the time of being able to share with others what you have done for me and through me because of jesus christ and what he's done on the cross lord i thank you today that your word is powerful lord no matter uh, what uh, what may happen in the world we have hope we have encouragement we know the direction we can know the will of god for our life and Father, I pray today that we would live according to thy perfect will. And Lord, that we would desire to know you better. Father, today I pray you'd give me your words. I pray for Satan to be bound. Lord, we know that Satan is alive and well in this earth. He desires to get us sidetracked, to get us on other things. Lord, right now, for the next few moments in particular, it's so important that we focus upon thy word. And Lord, I need to have your words, your power this morning as I preach. Lord, I need you today, and Lord, I thank you for uh, the Holy Spirit you've given to give us power and to do things that we could not do in our own strength. Lord, thank you and praise you if there's one without Christ that they would come to know you today. In Jesus' name, amen. One morning, R.C. Chapman, who was a devoted Christian, was asked, a, a friend, asked by a friend how he was feeling. He looked at him and he replied with a smile on his face. He said, I'm burdened this morning. But the smile that was on his face seemed to kind of contradict his words. 
And so his friend responded, are you sure you're really burdened? And Mr. Chapman said, well, yes, but it's a wonderful type of burden. It's an overabundance of the blessings for which I cannot find enough time or words to express my gratitude. Friend, when you started scratching his head, he said, what are you talking about? doesn't make sense. Chapman then began to say, I'm referring to Psalm 68, 19, which says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation which fully describes my condition. In that verse, the Father in heaven reminds us that He daily loads us with benefits. The salvation which the Lord Jesus provides is truly amazing. It ought to bring joy to the heart of every person who claims to be a child of God. When you talk about the salvation of God and what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, and how much God loves you. Folks, it ought to bring a smile on your face. Some of you are like this this morning. I'll tell you something. You need to pray that God jacks you up and get the fire going on inside. God has been so good to us. God has been good to us. John the Apostle was in awe of what the Lord had done for him. Go with me to John, 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, we ought to pray that God would just stoke the fire in our heart, in our life. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. I can picture John the Apostle as he's thinking about that, that God would call me his child. We are only made the child of God because of Jesus Christ. It's because Jesus Christ, God's perfect and holy Son, came to earth to die for us as sinners. To shed His blood that He was buried and rose again. And when I put my trust and faith in Him, I become a child of God. We're adopted out of Satan's family and put, placed into God's family with all the rights of an adult son. John is thinking about that, that God would call us the sons of God. Therefore, we, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Talking of Jesus. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Hey, not, well, when we die, then we'll know whether we're a child of God. No, 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 no. John understood the fact that you can know that you're a child of God, that you know that you have eternal life right now. He says, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He, Jesus, shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And every man that hath this hope in Him purifieth himself, gets rid of the sin in their life, even as He, Jesus, is pure. Folks, may I share with you that one day you're going to be with Jesus and like Jesus. You're going to be conformed to the image of God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to have the desires that Jesus had when he was here. You're going to have the attitudes that Jesus had when he was here. We're going to walk in the light as he is in the light all the time, not just once in a while, not just on Sunday morning as we come to church and come for Sunday school. And, church. and by the way, let me just put a little plug in here for Sunday school. Sunday school is an important time. It's a time when we get a chance to talk about the things of God. We're talking in Sunday school. How do we know that we can trust this book is the Word of God? People say, well, you know what? It's just the Bible. No, no, no. It is the Word of God. The Creator God, the Eternal God, has spoken through, uh, to us through His Word. You want to hear about God? You want to hear what God has to say on the world's, uh, what's going on in the world scene today? How that we're supposed to live, how we're to rear our children, what we're to deal with in money, how we're supposed to live, how we're supposed to act. Hey, God has told us right here in his word, he's declared his truth to us. He wants you to know what is right and what is wrong. Do we want to know? Are we interested in knowing? That's why we have Sunday school. For the adults as well as for the young people. And on Wednesday, the same thing. We can know more about God. We can know more about the one who loves us and gave himself for us. 
That this salvation is amazing. Our theme, as I said for this year, is let them also that love thy name, the name of the Lord, be joyful in thee. Why should we be joyful in the Lord? Well, Psalm 35, verse 9, it says, And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It, talking of my soul, shall rejoice in his salvation. The message this morning as we're looking at it, rejoice in God's salvation. Why should we rejoice in God's salvation. Why should we rejoice in God's salvation? Well, as we think about it, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your, your Savior, you're missing out on a life that is wonderful. You say, well, Pastor, if I get saved, does that mean that I will have no more financial problems? No, nope. but I can tell you one thing. There's a God who will help you with your financial problems. Is there, well, if I get saved, if I ask Jesus to be my Savior, does that mean that I won't have any more relationship problems? No, nope. but there's a God who can help you on your relationship problems and know how to, how, to, how to live your life and how to get along with people. Some people say, well, you know what? I just don't deal too well with people. You get in the Word of God, and I guarantee you'll start finding out how to live a right life. You know, people say, well, Pastor, you know what? Um, I, I, I've... I've, uh, I've got a problem of depression and, and, and discouragement. We, we met a lady yesterday that was saying that she was having some of that problem. Can I tell you something? God's Word tells you how to get out of, out of the problem with, with depression and, and things of that nature. You know, uh, God has an answer for that. You say, well, Pastor, how is that? A lady came, uh, came to a preacher one time and said, well, you know, uh, I'm just so depressed. I'm going through such hard times. And the preacher told her this. said, you know what? Go home, bake a cake, and take it to your neighbor but I'm already depressed. I, I don't feel like I can do it. Go home, bake a cake, and take it to your neighbor. When you've done something good there, then take it to somebody else, do something to somebody else. Lady, goes, lady went home. She, she didn't come back uh, to, to complain or anything. Or, and and the, the pastor, had, you know, was just, she was in a, a large church, and so she was out and about and stuff. And, and so... Uh, he uh, said, how are you doing? She says, you know what? I haven't been depressed in weeks. He said, why is that? Well, because when I went over here, God gave me such a good feeling of doing something for others that I just wanted to do that again and do that again and do that again. And now I found purpose. Folks, can I tell you something? That's exactly what the Bible teaches. We're not to live for ourselves. We're to live for others. Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus called us to live for others. When we live for ourselves, you are going to find it's very empty. But when you start living for others, as a Christian, you start living your life so that others, as that song we're talking about today, be an example, be an encouragement to others, that others might be encouraged in the things of the Lord, you're going to start finding peace. You're going to find purpose. And God can help you to find more purpose. Because that's what the Christian life is all about. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, uh, he says, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. If you're without Jesus Christ, as I said, you're missing out. Acts 16.31, it says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That Philippian jailer who came to Paul and asked, What must I do to be saved? And he said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your trust and faith in him. And when he did, and he went home and he took that message to his family, and his family got saved. And you know what? The next thing they did, they got baptized. That same night... And then the Bible says, in the next verse, in verse 34, it says, And when he had brought them, uh, talking of Paul and Silas, into his house, he set meat before them, and rejoicing, or rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Rejoicing in obedience to the Lord. God, you are such a great God. There's rejoicing in the salvation of the Lord. So when we think today, of this idea, my soul shall rejoice in God's salvation. I want you to consider about God's salvation several points. Number one, God's salvation is available to all. God's salvation is available to all. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 3. John 3 and verse 16. Notice what it says. Jesus is speaking here to a man by the name of Nicodemus, a religious person. A religious but lost. See, you can be religious but lost. You can have... Uh, churchianity without having true biblical Christianity, having a relationship with God. 
And so here, Jesus, as he's talking to this religious man in John 3.16, he says, For God uh, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You can put your, your name in verse number 16. For God so loved you, Bill and, and, uh, and uh, Lana, and, and you could put your name in there. God loved you that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, should not die and go to hell, but have everlasting life. 2 Peter 3.9, it says, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God doesn't delight in people that, that die and go to hell. Praise God for the fact that the Bible teaches whosoever will may come. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2 and verse 21. Acts chapter 2 and verse 21. The apostle Peter is speaking here in Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost. And he's speaking to the Jews there that had come to Jerusalem for the, the special time at Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, and he's giving them the gospel. Acts chapter 2 and verse 21 says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Whosoever. Whosoever. I know there's a lot of Calvinistic uh, preachers and teachers out there today and saying, well, you know what? God, God only saves the elect. Can I tell you something? The Bible says whosoever. What does whosoever mean? Whosoever. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Go into Acts chapter 10 and verse number 43. Acts 10.43, in this portion, Paul, or Peter is now speaking to Cornelius, and, and uh, uh, Cornelius was wanting to know, you know what he was supposed to do, and God had told him, hey, go and talk, ask for one Peter, Simon Peter, and, and he'll come and he'll tell you uh, what you ought to do. And, and you know, while uh, uh, Cornelius had sent a couple messengers to go get Peter, uh, Cornelius got all of his family and his friends, and they packed out the house. He said, man, there's somebody that's going to come and tell us something great. You need to be here. Folks are going to tell you something. That ought to be the attitude we have about trying to get people into God's house. We ought to be excited. Hey, you know what? I get a chance to hear God speak today. Hey, let's go to the house of the Lord. You know, the, the psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Are we excited to hear God speak to us today? Uh, okay, it's pretty exciting. God speak. You know what? We need God to speak. And we need to have ears that are listening to God speak today. He's got a message for you. I think his message is in his word today. Here, when Peter came, the house of Cornelius, a Gentile, was packed. Peter's kind of like, wow, all these people here. He gives them the gospel. And look what he says in this portion of Scripture down in, in Acts chapter 10, verse 13. And, uh, excuse me, uh, excuse me, 1043. Acts 1043. And it, he's speaking here. He's giving them the gospel. He says, To him give all the prophets witness, talking about Jesus, that through his name, the name of Jesus, whosoever, hear that word again, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission or forgiveness of sin. The person who, whosoever comes to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, you know what, I believe I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus is, is the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's my Savior. He's the one who died on the cross for me. God will give them remission, forgiveness of sins. I'm putting my trust and faith in Jesus. Whosoever will. Look at Romans chapter 10 and verse number 13. Romans chapter 10. We're going to go back to verse number 9. Romans 10, verse number 9. And we'll come up to 13. Romans 10, verse number 9. Paul speaking here. He says that if thou shalt confess. Now, can I tell you something? This idea of confession is not, oh yeah, I confess Jesus. Yeah, I, I know Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Folks, that's not confession. This word confess means to come into agreement. This is the Greek word. Come into agreement. I come into agreement with God what he says about his son. I believe that Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. He was virgin born. How do you know? Because the Bible tells us so. He lived a sinless life. 
He came and he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for my sins. He was buried and the third day rose again. That's what he's talking about here. I come into agreement. I'm a sinner. I can't go to heaven the way that I am unless I receive the Savior, which is Jesus Christ. Romans 10.9, that if thou shalt confess, come into agreement with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. There's a lot of people today that just say, oh, I believe Jesus is my Savior. They believe it with their lips, but their heart is far from God. See, it's not lip service that the Lord's looking for. He's looking for heart. Man looks on the outward appearance. It's God who looks at your heart. God is looking at your heart. Do you love Jesus? Do you love the things of God? Do you love the Word of God? The Lord is looking at your heart and my heart today, and He knows if we love the Lord or not. Look at the next verse. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. I want to turn from my sin and turn to live a life unto Jesus Christ. I, I want to live the life that Jesus has for me to live. For the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with com- the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Let me ask you, are you ashamed of Jesus today? Are you ashamed of him? People come and ask you, are you, are you a Christian? No, I'm a Christian. Really? No, no, Christian, don't ask me again. I've had people say that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. It shouldn't offend you if people ask you if you're a Christian. You ought to say, praise God, bless God, I'm a Christian. I know Jesus is my Savior. We ought to be bold. We ought to be excited about the fact of the salvation that I have in Jesus Christ. Don't ask me that again. You know, maybe the reason why people are asking you that is because you don't live like it. Paul said, examine yourself to see if you be in the faith. Maybe how you're living, maybe your attitude, maybe your actions is not bearing fruit that you know Jesus Christ. But I'll tell you what, when you're around people who know Jesus Christ, you know that they know Jesus Christ. Many of us here today, or few of us here today, remember back with a man by the name of Dave Matty. Remember Dave Matty? Anybody remember Dave? Brother Dave was a, he was a special guy. Uh, he loved the Lord. He loved trying to get the gospel out and missions and trying to reach people for Jesus Christ. He loved the Lord. He loved the Lord up until the time when the Lord took him home. Remember as we went as a church, he was there in the hospital and he was dying of cancer. And we took the church up there and we were able to sing some songs to him there in the, hosp- in the hospital. Well, you know... That church is really not that important. Oh, yeah, it is important, folks. Don't listen to the lie of the devil. We got a chance to, en- to encourage him, but you know what? He encouraged us. Talk about keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep looking to Jesus. Folks, can I tell you something? Salvation of the Lord is precious. And we ought to stand up for the things of the Lord. We ought to enjoy the things of God, the salvation of God, and not be ashamed. The Bible says, verse 12, For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all, all that call upon Him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a whosoever. Well, pastor, don't you understand? Only the saved are going to call. Let me tell you something. Whosoever means whosoever. Whosoever. Look at Revelation chapter 22, the very last book of the Bible. Very last book of the Bible is John the Apostle is, is completing the revelation of the Lord in Revelation chapter 22. Verse number 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, talking about Jesus, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they may have right to, uh, right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city, the city of Jer- the New Jerusalem. He's talking about heaven. Hey, obedience to God's Word and obedience to God, what God says, hey, that, 
He says here, blessed, happy are they that do his commandments. You want to be happy? Do what God says. You want to be unhappy? Don't do what God says. Because God says the way of a transgressor is hard. The person who who says, you know what? I don't have to do what God says. You are going to be a miserable person. But the person who says, you know what, Lord? You are the Lord. I am the servant. I'm not supposed to tell you what to do. You tell me. And when I get my heart and surrender to his commands and his, his will, then guess what happens? I have peace. Hey, you go over here and you do what God tells you to do. People say, well, why are you doing that? Because my God told me. Why are you witnessing? Because God told me to do that. I'm re- you're reading your Bible. Well, why are you doing that? Because God told me to do that. Study to show myself approved unto God. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to meditate on his word day and night. He guides my path. He shows me the way that's right. It's pleasing. Happy is the person that keeps his commandments. But notice verse, 15, uh, verse number 15. For without the unsaved are dogs and sorcerers and are whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth to make a lie. Can I tell you something? You say, Pastor, there's a lot of people that are liars today. Can I tell you something? They're, father, they're following their father, the devil. Jesus said it in John 8, 44. Ye are of your father, the devil, the lust of your father ye will do. He is a murderer from the beginning, abode not in the truth, uh, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And when people enjoy lying, it's telling them, it's telling you where their father is. And who is their father? Well, I believe in God. Sounds like you're lost to me. Well, how can you stand and say that? Because God said it. God said it. Go over to Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. Look, you want, look at this point. I'm just bearing on this point. Here it says, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters, notice, and all what? Liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. See, to live a, a whoremonger life and to live an adulterous life and, to, and, to, and to, to do all these things, idolatry, and to worship all these false gods that people have done, whether it be yourself or others, can I tell you something? God is just saying, let me just tell you, you're not saved. Blessed are they that follow his word. If I'm saved, I want to do what God says. He's my God. You prove it by how you live. You prove it. Notice verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bride and morning star and the spirit. Notice verse 17. And the spirit, talking to the Holy Spirit, and the bride, which is the church, say, come. Hey, come. Come what? Come to Jesus. Come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Hey, where's the water of life? It's Jesus. That's Jesus. Hey, you can come and and partake of Jesus Christ. You can partake of God's salvation today. God's salvation is not just for the rich and the famous. It's not just for the intellect. It's not just for the poor and the destitute. It's not for a particular nationality but whosoever will may come. God's salvation is open to all people. Jesus died for the sins of all mankind. His blood is sufficient to pay for all of our sin debt. But it's only efficient for those who receive what He's done for them. God wants you to be saved today, dear friend. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. God doesn't want you to go one more day. The devil does. The devil will say, well, wait. Tomorrow, next day. Hey, just wait. Because he knows that if you just wait long enough, different things will be in your, in your path. And maybe you'll wait too long and it'll be all over. And you never receive Christ as your Savior. Hey, don't believe the lie that there's a second chance once you die. It's appointed unto men once to die and after this the judgment. 
Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. How, we es- how shall we escape if we neglect such, so great a salvation? You won't go to heaven unless you accept the salvation that God has. It's open to all. Revelation 3.20. Behold, Jesus speaking, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. If you'll just open the door. Open the door. Have you ever had people come to your house and you weren't ready to receive company? Or you didn't want to talk to them? You know, sometimes those people, they're trying to sell you something. He's like, I'm just not going to answer the door. I don't want to talk to them. But now, grandparents, let me ask you a question. If your grandchildren were knocking at your door, what would you do? Open those doors. That's right. Open those doors. Because you want those grandchildren to come in. Or maybe somebody you hadn't seen, your best friend. Hey, they knocked on the door, and you looked out. Woo! Hey, man, open the door. Come on in. Hey, Jesus, a loving Savior is knocking at your heart's door right now. He's saying, you know what? I want to come into your life. But you know what? He's not going to just push his way through your life and and force his way into your life. He's going to wait for you to say, I want Jesus to be my Savior. To humble yourself and say, come on in, Lord. Come on in. God's salvation is available to all. Have you received it today? Notice, second of all, God's salvation delivers from sin and from guilt. Jesus died on the cruel cross and shed His precious blood as a payment for your sins and for mine. Look with me to Colossians chapter number 2. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. In the New Testament, Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 13. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13. It says, And you, being dead in your sins, that's how we were before we were saved, we were dead in our sins. We were shut off toward God. We were on our way to hell. That's where we were. And you, who were dead in your sins and the the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he, the Lord, Quickened, made alive, together with him. Notice what he says, verse 13. Having forgiven you all trespasses. What does all mean? All. You know, when we ask Jesus to be our Savior, Jesus forgives us all of our sins. Past, present, and even future. He forgives us all of our sins. All. Well, you remember I was, really, I was really bad over here. I thought an evil thought. I did an evil action over there. Let me tell you, when you were willing to humble yourself and come to Jesus and accept God's salvation, which is in Jesus Christ, God forgives us all of our sin. It's gone. Notice what he goes on to say. Blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Jesus took all of my sins. He became sin for me, who knew no sin, that I might become the righteousness of God in him. He took away all of my sin. And with all of my sin, guess what? He took away all the guilt. Oh, they get sometimes dads when they haven't been what they should have been, or maybe they weren't, they didn't live a righteous life or live a life as a Christian. They didn't know Christ as their Savior and they led, led, led their children down the wrong way. Can I tell you something? When you confess and ask Jesus to be your Savior, all of that is forgiven. And you have a clean slate. Look at. Or consider Psalm 103 and verse 12. Look over there. Middle of your Bibles, the book of Psalms. Psalm 103, verse number 12. Psalm 103 and verse number 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he, God, removed our transgressions from us. As far as the east is from the west. You can go to the east as far as you want. You're never going to get to the west. You're always going to be going east. 
It doesn't say, well, we're east and west. I mean, you know, they all come. No, no, you just keep going. As far as the east is, east is from the west. I've got to get my directions here, right? East is from the west. So far hath God removed our sins, our transgressions from us. You say, well, what, is, what does that mean? He's, they're, they're gone. They're gone. God has removed them. John, and he, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12, he says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. He doesn't bring it up to your account. You say, well, pastor, I've, I forgive them, but I haven't forgot. Well, you know what? Forgiveness is this, is that you don't bring it up to their account. You say, well, pastor, let me just uh, say, you know what, what they've done to me, I, I, you know, I've heard that you're supposed to forgive and forget, and I just can't forget. No, see, true forgiveness, what you haven't, is you haven't forgiven. Forgive, forgiveness, God's type of forgiveness is, you know what, I know that you've done something wrong, but I'm not going to bring it up to your account anymore. So in the, in the argument coming up, when you get to have an argument, and you say, you know, when, when this person has done something to offend you, and then, uh, you know, they've said something, and now you're upset, and so then you start talking back and forth, and all of a sudden now all of the past sins, the past things that people have done to you, you start bringing those things up. Can I tell you something? The problem and what that shows is simple. You haven't forgiven See, God knows all your sins. But when we're saved, what he does is amazing. He just doesn't bring it up to our account anymore. He separated our sins from us. He's blotted out those writings that were against us. All those thoughts, all those words, all, they were all written down and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Can't see it anymore. Wow. We sing the song, Oh, say, but I'm glad. There's a song in my heart today, something I never had. Jesus has taken my sins away. Oh, say, but I'm glad. Some of us are burdened down with the sins of our past. So how in the world could God forgive me? His mercy. Giving you something you don't rightly deserve. Just like me. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. He forgives our sins, all of them. He cleanses us. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18 says, Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. He washes them away. How wonderful it is. He makes us a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Jesus' righteousness is imputed place to our account. Praise God for his salvation. Notice the third thing very quickly. God's salvation is eternal. You know, God's salvation is not just good for the moment when you receive Christ as your Savior. It's not just good for the day. It's not just good for the month or the year. It's eternal. Eternal life. Life without end. You've heard me say this so many times. The verse, go to with me to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. You say, well, Pastor, why is this one of those verses you keep hammering back forth over and over and over again because it's so important for you in understanding the salvation that God has given to you. John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus is speaking, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. Gnosko, I know by experience, I know them, and they follow me. It's following the Lord. I know Jesus. Jesus knows me. And my desire and my goal is to follow him. Notice verse 28. And I, Jesus says, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. That word never, there's a, an interesting, it's two Greek words, ume. They shall never, no, 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 never perish. That's eternal life. And in case you didn't know it, look what he says. My Father which gave to me is greater than all, and no man 
That word man is in the italics. It's not just man. There's no one that is able to separate you from the love of Christ. No one can pluck you out of the Father's hand. Hey, once I'm saved, it's for eternity. I'm saved for eternity. I'm saved. 1 John 5, 11-13, and this is the record that God hath given unto us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life. If I have Jesus as my Savior, I have eternal life. It's not because I feel so. It's because God has said it. It's a no-so. You have eternal life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have eternal life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. When I received Jesus as my Savior, as a boy, Jesus came into my heart to stay forever. Hebrews 13, 5, Jesus, said I, um, Jesus tells us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13 says, if my, uh, it talks about the fact, if we believe not, Yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. What if your faith is so shaken by the things that, the circumstances that you go through? You say, well, bless God, a, a real Christian will never have questions or doubt about their salvation. Um, have you read the Bible? Are you just popping off out of the mouth? I've heard people say that. I think John the Baptist, Jesus said, there's no greater prophet than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, who declared when Jesus was coming, he says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He was put, John the Baptist was put in prison, and he sent messengers to Jesus one day, as he's been in prison now for a little bit. And he says, Are you the Christ, or should we look for another? You know, that, that sounds like his faith was shaken. And Jesus says, Well, just tell John what he's seen and heard. Death, hear, lame, walk, Hey, those were all signs that this is the Son of God. Hey. Folks may share with you, you may come to that point where your faith is rattled, shaken. I think it's going to happen in America. I think there's some people, I'm just going to be honest with you, I know that we're live streaming, that's okay. I think COVID has really sorted out some people who've been playing a game as far as Christianity. Christianity wasn't real to them. It's, it was a game. Well, I just go to church if I feel like it. No, no, can I tell you something? If you're a child of God, it's not just if I feel like it. God commands for me to go to church. God commands for me to love him. God commands for me to walk with him. God commands me to, to, to obey his commandments. It's not an option for me. It's, it's, it's his command for me. I, he is the master. I am the servant. And a lot of people, they don't feel like it's that big of a deal anymore. That was a, that was a lie of the devil, folks. Can I tell you something? I'm not saying that, that, that COVID wasn't real, but I'm just telling you that the devil used that in a mighty way to sort out a lot of people. And I think we're just starting to see in America what's going to happen as far as people making a choice of whether to follow God or not. And it's going to cost you, I think, something to, to stand up for Jesus Christ. It's been very convenient to be a Christian. We have brothers and sisters right now in Ukraine they're paying a high price. Some of our missionaries are staying there to be with their people. Could lose their lives there too. Folks, it's not just a game. It's reality. Last thing is this. God's salvation is a free gift. God's salvation is a free gift. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. We, we don't need to try and earn God's salvation. To earn it means that there's a debt that has to be paid. And I've got to pay the debt. But what God does is he gives salvation as a free gift. A gift of his grace. His loving kindness to us. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. A gift simply must be received. Must simply be received. The Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 11, talking of Jesus, he came into his own, to the Jews. His own received him not, but to as many as received him. 
To them he, Jesus, gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Put their trust, their confidence in Jesus. You know, we have a reason today to rejoice because of God's amazing salvation. It's available for all. It delivers us from sin and guilt. It's eternal. It's a, it is given as a free gift. The question is today, have you accepted that free gift? Oh, pastor, I'm going to get around to receive it one day. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring forth. You might die tonight or this afternoon. Today is the opportunity for you. God's given you. God in his mercy has given you one more hour, one more moment to receive Jesus Christ. Can I put it pretty bluntly? If you die without Jesus Christ today, you will not be able to stand and say to Jesus when you stand at the great white throne and say, you are unfair. You never gave me a chance to receive Christ. You've heard the gospel today. You're without excuse. Folks, may I share with you today, I beg you, I implore you, if I could get saved for you, I would. It's a wonderful life to have Jesus to be with you, to be your Savior, to love you like no one ever loved you before. If you have not received Jesus, today is the day. It will change your life forever. Dear Christian, are you rejoicing that you're saved and that you're on your way to heaven? The Bible says in Psalm 107:2, let the redeemed, the saved of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. We ought, to re- we ought to shout, praise God, I'm saved. I'm a child of the King. I believe, I believe in Jesus as my Savior. And I'm not ashamed. I tell you tonight, today as we stop and as we think about this, it's a life-changing message. I pray that you've asked Jesus to be your Savior. If you have, you need to be bold in your witness and telling others about Jesus because they need to hear the gospel. But they need to see a life that's been changed because of the gospel. A, me- a message prepared with the minds reaches minds. A message prepared with the heart reaches hearts. But a message prepared with a life changes lives. What type of example are you today? Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today and we thank you, Lord, for the word of God. We thank you for your salvation, that it's a free gift to all that will come and and receive it. Father, today I pray that you would just help those that are here that may not know Jesus as their Savior. That you would break down that pride Lord, they had humbled themselves and willingly come and receive you and your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for them. God, every breath we breathe is a gift from you. But one day, Lord, you're going to say, that's it. For the person who has never received Christ as their Savior, you have a place already prepared. It's a place called hell. A place of torment, a place of pain and suffering. But you didn't want them to go there. It wasn't created originally for man. It was created for Satan and his angels. But God, I pray today that those that are here that do not know Jesus, that they would not put off making that decision to ask Jesus Christ to be their Savior. There we head bowed and every eye closed. Let me ask you today. If you breathed your last breath right now, Could you say with assurance that you're going to go to heaven? If you know that, you know exactly what the Word of God says. I've shared it with you. It's called the gospel. That Christ died for your sins. He was buried and rose again. And you have asked him to be your Savior. You have accepted that. If you know that without a doubt, would you do me a favor to slip your hand up as a testimony of that? You know for sure you're on your way to heaven. Amen. Thank you. Let me ask you today, if there's some that could not raise their hand right now, folks, can I tell you something? It's God's grace that you have the next breath 
Today is the day of salvation. You need to get saved. Jesus paid the price. He's done all. All you must do is to receive it. Won't you receive him today? You say, Pastor, how can I? I don't know how to do it. Yes, here's how. As the Bible says, you need to believe that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus Christ, God's son, he lived a sin, sinless life. He died on a cross, a cruel cross for your sins and for mine. He was buried and rose again. He wants to deliver you from your sin and that wicked lifestyle and give you a life everlasting in righteousness and true holiness. And if you'll pray right now and believe it in your heart, God, I know I'm a sinner. And I believe Jesus died for me. I want him to come into my heart and save me. I want to put my trust in Jesus, his son, as my only savior. Right now. In Jesus' name I pray. With no one looking around. If you prayed and asked Christ to be your savior, would you do me a favor? Would you just slip your hand up? No one's looking but me. No one's looking but me. You prayed and asked Christ into your heart. It'll change your life, I guarantee it. For the better. Dear Christian, let me ask you, are you rejoicing in the salvation that the Lord's given to you? Are you excited about it? If not, folks, you need to get right with God today. How in the world can you just be dull and complacent and cold to the salvation of the Lord? It's a great salvation. Father, I pray that you just be with us today. And Lord, speak in our hearts. Lord, move us in this invitation time. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. Brother Scott is going to come and lead us in a song of invitation this morning. If you're not sure you're saved, let me encourage you to come. I'll be right here.